0: Let's jump into today's message. Today's message, uh, Leland, if you could throw up the title slide there, that'd be great. Uh, today's message is uh, Resurrection and Redemption. This is part two of our Easter teaching series, and we're uh, doing these messages right up until Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, today I'm continuing uh, this series that uh, Pastor Chris started last week. And our again, our message title is Resurrection and Redemption. Have you ever felt rejected? And, oh, some of you a lot apparently all right uh okay good The rejection the real rejection uh, don't say from your wife Richard all right because uh, <laughs> I, I I knew what you were gonna do <laughs> uh, everyone here that knows Richard knows he was about to say something all right it's all right I've never seen <laughs> oh my <laughs> well, oh no Everyone a Little Current and Online, we have this gentleman named Richard, and he can be a naughty boy. All right. Have you ever felt rejected? Uh, that is a lonely place that I wouldn't wish on anyone, right? If you've actually felt re- the feeling rejection, which pretty much everyone should, probably has at this point, um, even you can feel rejected by your dog. Have you ever, like, or your cat, right? They're like, they don't want anything to do with you, right? Man. Today, there's a few themes I want you to take a specific note of. And of course, they're in our title, resurrection and redemption. Because of Jesus, because of his resurrection, don't let anybody tell you the resurrection is not important or is irrelevant or is not a big deal. Just grab them and do something with them. All right. Because of Jesus, because of his resurrection, we are free. If there's no resurrection, this that we're a part of right now and every week and the rest of our lives is the biggest waste of time. Without the resurrection, it means nothing. Because of Jesus, because of his resurrection, we are free. Because of Jesus, because of his resurrection, we are redeemed. We're redeemed. We're made new. Let's watch this uh, video clip about Mary Magdalene. It's in the sermon slides, just click. There's an odd looking.
1: I have been the object of disbelief my whole life. It greeted me as a child, this disbelief. And it helped itself to me, to my heart, marking me so deeply that You don't know the level of repulsion people feel for you until you spend a good portion of your life not being looked in the eye. That was my life up until the moment Jesus found me. And what an unbelievable state He found me in. So, we packed, we cleaned, and we gathered for three years, though. It felt like only days. And then the time came. Well, until his days were accomplished and he did what he came to do. If you've walked a life anything like me, you know what I mean when I say that sometimes people try to put on to you what Jesus removed. He was only gone from us but a couple of days the first time it happened. That mighty, miraculous morning, I went to the tomb, and he was very not dead. He called me by my name, and he gave me very specific instructions So I ran to tell the disciples what I had seen, that he was alive, and they didn't believe me. I mean, had they forgotten that we stood shoulder to shoulder all this time? I may not be one of the 12 or 11 now, but I followed him just the same. But you know what? Their perception of me is not the image Jesus saw. I was no longer the cracked and crooked house that demons dwelt in. Because the moment I realized Jesus believed in me, I believed in him. And eventually the disciples, they'd come around. Jesus kept appearing to a few, then to hundreds. But even after all that, there would still be some who didn't believe. He warned us about that. But more importantly, there would be other people, many other people who would never see it for themselves, but still believe. So that's why I, why we, keep going until we reach every person who once and for all is done with disbelief.
0: Obviously, this is a uh, portrayal of Mary Magdalene. The content is made up but the themes are true and found in scripture. Luke 8 verses 1 through 3 is our uh, scripture uh, for today that I want to share with everybody. It says this, soon afterward he went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. Verse 2, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chuza, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others, who provided for them out of their means. It actually, uh, in the Hebrew, says, who provided for him, who provided for Jesus out of their means. For me, a few things jump out from this scripture, as I'm sure it does for you as well. Unfortunately, there's one significant misunderstanding that many scholars I read Preparing for Today, made sure to point out. Mary Magdalene is not the woman spoken of in Luke 7, verses 36 through 50, which is just the previous section of the scripture. One commentator wrote this, The Christian imagination has made free with Mary Magdalene, mostly seeing her as a beautiful woman whom Jesus had saved from an immoral life. There is nothing whatever in this, uh, there's nothing whatsoever in the sources to indicate this. So in the previous section, there's a woman uh, living a life of sexual immorality. That is not Mary Magdalene, and we get that confused. I've actually seen it uh, portrayed incorrectly many times. This Mary Magdalene we speak of today that we referenced in our video here, we are reading about today, was demon-possessed until Jesus freed her. That's how we, are, uh, how we learn about her. So let's get that out of the way. Now, I'm going to say something that may ruffle the feathers of some today, uh, but what I'm saying I truly feel is based in the Scripture. So here's our first thought today, uh, and we can put it up on the screen, and hopefully you can really uh, focus in on this. Here's our first thought. Jesus and certain women. Women having a secondary place in our homes and our churches and any other place in life has never made any sense to me. I've been told throughout my life that there's, a, uh, at times, a controversy with women in Scripture, women in ministry. To this day, some people uh, do not respond to women in any form of leadership, pastoral, ministry, volunteer, worked uh, uh, teachers, school teachers, executives, the list goes on. It's something I personally don't understand. Obviously, my focus today is on Jesus. Well, when we look at the scripture and what Jesus is doing here, Jesus, as described by Luke in our text, obviously had a different view of women than what was common or or a popular viewpoint at the time of these scriptures being written. At the time of these scriptures being written, women actually wouldn't have even been mentioned in any area of life. But Jesus specifically brings us to the perspective of women. Jesus' perspective was specifically different than the religious leaders and teachers of his day. Women would not even have been trained by rabbis uh, in theology or anything like that. Jesus, as we focus on him in this Easter season and his time on this earth and his ministry, we learn. For me, we learned that Jesus was the ultimate dirt disturber, right? He messed things up, not just like literally dirt disturber, although he did that, but uh, he was the ultimate dirt disturber. Jesus challenges every one of us to test our beliefs and assumptions. One commentator wrote, The rabbis refused to teach women and generally assigned them as a very inferior place. Jesus, through his actions, is making a point to the people that surround him. Also, an interesting fact is that in the four Gospels, all of Jesus' enemies were men. Huh. That's interesting. Jesus, you could say, amplified women. He lifted up women and the role of women in this case in our scripture. Another commentator wrote this. In a patriarchal uh, culture such as Jesus' women were often mistreated and undervalued. In contrast, Jesus welcomes them among his followers. This seems to have been unusual for a rabbi. It seems rabbis mainly had male disciples. So what do we do with Jesus' emphasis? What do we do with these teachings today? We obey and we act like Jesus in all things. That's what we do. We learn from Jesus through the Gospels that through the life of Jesus, God has shown his love to shepherds, a barren woman, a peasant girl, Gentiles, a tax collector, the ceremonially unclean, and the sick and unwell among others. That's who Jesus is spending time with, who he is speaking with. He's speaking to us today. You see, these truths are a challenge to us today to be more like Jesus. Where does Jesus go? Well, he goes to the margins, to the places that society ignores, to the people we tend or we want to ignore. We must not mistake or underestimate the fact that Jesus chose first to reveal his resurrection to a group of women. For us today, we remember that Mary Magdalene was the very first who Jesus revealed his resurrection to. I think that's significant. So should women take a back seat, second place to anyone else? Of course not. It's sad, truthfully, I'm kind of annoyed that I even, like, think to talk about something like this. People should know this from Scripture. So Jesus and certain women is our first point. I just want to make that clear. Well, Pastor, why would you even say something like that? Well, because every once in a while in our community, someone says something stupid about this to me. That's why I'm saying it. All right? And I get tired of it. You know me. I get a little agitated after a while, right? Here's our second one today. Jesus heals. When we think of Mary Magdalene and her encounter with Jesus, we must not miss its significance. Mary Magdalene is described to have had seven demons. In my opinion, we don't like talking about demons today. Some suggest that we learn to live with our demons or find ways to tolerate the demons we face. I couldn't find much in terms of the demons the scripture mentions that were in Mary Magdalene. Like, what were these seven demons? What did they manifest themselves as? I I don't know. Again, there doesn't seem to be a ton of details or observations available. But here's a principle we can take from Mary Magdalene's encounter with the Lord Jesus. Before Mary Magdalene met Jesus, the demons in her life, whatever they were, you can imagine anything, I don't care, she could not escape those demons by her own strength or power. She couldn't. We could say that based on our text, Mary Magdalene was Held captive by these demons until she meets Jesus. You see, there's a shift when we encounter the Lord Jesus. Even just a, a sense of the presence of God around us. There is and can be a shift in our lives For me, as a pastor and leader and minister, I know when someone has fully embraced, has met and accepted Jesus, when I see a shift in their lives. It may not be instantaneous, but it does happen relatively quickly. I'm thinking of so many testimonies I've heard over the years where people are far from God and then they meet Jesus and all of a sudden their life looks completely different. I don't know what specifically, again, the demons were for Mary Magdalene. I suppose they could represent anything, but we know this. Every time we encounter Jesus, whether by accepting him into our lives for the first time, or if you're like me and trying to grow in the ways and teachings of Jesus, we change over time. We become more like him, right? That's what happens to us. The more time we spend with him, the more like him we become. Simple. That means that we give up some things in our lives, and it could be anything. Well, pastor, what should I give up? We should give up anything that's an idol or addiction in our life. Anything. Anything we have. And you know what? Let me tell you something. I'm learning I have a few idols in my life that I never knew about until recently. So what do I have to do? I have to trust in God that he will remove the idols in my life so that I can completely put my trust in him. Whatever Christ is asking us to sacrifice, we must do it for him. Whatever it is, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be specific things. And don't say, I'm going to sacrifice shoveling snow. (laughs) because Well, you could, but anyways. You see, Jesus always brings good news to us when he speaks. It's good news. When Jesus speaks the gospel, it's good news. He is presenting with us. He's giving to us. Even in our suffering, even in our rejection, we see good news. From the Lord Jesus. I don't think it's a leap to imagine that Mary Magdalene, there could have been rejection. We talked about rejection off the top. There could have been rejection in her life. Anytime we have something in our life, a, spiritually I'd call it a demon in our life, but even something that's just out, that, something that we struggle with that everybody would see, everyone that knows us would see. It's easy to be rejected. By the things that, are, that complicate our lives. Whatever it may be. What were the demons she faced? How did they manifest themselves? What did it look like? And then we think of Christ Jesus. And how he sets us free from these things, these troubles, these tribulations, the demons in our lives. Next week is Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. Within days of his triumphal entry, the same people who shouted Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, were so excited and so glad that the Messiah had come. Those same people were the ones that rejected him, that punished him. You see, we rejected his lordship, his divinity, who Jesus is. We rejected God. At times in my life, I've read the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and Jesus coming on Palm Sunday on the donkey and the palm branches and all the stuff. And I think, man, those are some stupid people. That's what I've I, I thought. I thought, man, if I was there, I would have been like, yeah, and I would never have turned on them. I've learned that I'm no better or different than these people in welcoming Christ on Palm Sunday and then a few days later rejecting him and punishing him to death. You and I, we're no different. The truth is we all do this. We welcome his gift of salvation and promise of freedom and life's fullness in him. We love to accept the gift that he gives us. But we reject what he asks us to sacrifice in his name i've joked in the past year with some pastor friends of mine sometimes i think even people pastors who claim to be obedient to the call of christ we actually reject where he may be calling us to keep on hearing leaders in the church say well i don't want to do i don't want to go there I don't want to do that. And I grow concerned. Are we rejecting God's call on our life? How many of us are willing to sell everything we have and give it to the poor? How many of us are willing to give up our luxury so that another can benefit from our generosity and our sacrifice? How many of us are willing to sacrifice for God's kingdom? How many of us are willing to sacrifice our reputation and our status for the Lord Jesus? Truthfully, these are humbling questions. But still Jesus asks each one of us to pick up our cross daily and follow Him. Every day repenting and asking the Lord, uh, the Lord of deliverance from whatever it is that we have faced that day. You see, if I experience jealousy, envy, lust, greed, anger in my life, Jesus challenges me and calls me and you to pause and ask for forgiveness for the things in our life that are not from him. Forgive us, Lord. Your kindness will always lead me to repentance, Jesus. we must pause and ask Jesus to forgive us. Jesus, take this sin from me and renew my mind, renew my spirit. So what are the demons that you have faced? What are they? Think about them. Don't shout them out. That's okay. Well, if you want to, you can. I don't really care, but you don't have to. What are the demons that you have faced? Have you asked Jesus to heal you? He is the God who heals. It's actually his name. It's one of the names of God. I wrote it down. I didn't say it earlier. It's his name, how he identifies as Jehovah Rapha, my healer. So if you ask Jesus to heal you, do you believe that he can? Do you believe that he will heal you? I believe it with all my heart. He will heal us in Jesus' name. That's what he does. Just like Mary Magdalene, these seven demons. I I just think, man, what were they? What did they look like? And then I just pause and remember that Jesus heals. When he shows up, when he's there, he heals. Of course, he's everywhere. So that means he's always able to heal. Here's our third and final thought for today. Worship team, if you could prepare to join me back up here our third and final thought today is Jesus provides I have always believed that Jesus provides have you always believed that Jesus provides, have you always believed that I've never doubted God's provision in my life until recently In my mind, I'll say, of course God provides. It's One of his names, he's our provider. Of course God provides. But I realized something. My spirit and my heart has reflected something else, something deeper, something that I've had to come to terms with and deal with. There's a song that's been uh, ministering to me for a while now. It's written by one of my favorite songwriters. All the words in this song are meaningful, but there's a few that stand out, and I'm going to share them with you today. Leland, if you could throw the next slide up. These are the words of this song. It says, The virus grows, the cancer spreads. We ride the waves of hope and dread and drop our anchor deep again in all that you've promised. Because if what you said is really true, you are really making all things new and working all things together for, good, for our good and for your glory. So, I'm going to trust you with all these unfixables. See, in our text, we learn a principle that Jesus obviously lived by, but also a challenge for us to remember and live with in our own lives. Jesus lived off the provision of women like Mary Magdalene, Joanna, who worked for Herod, and Susanna. We learn that from our text, and many others. Those are three women specifically mentioned. These women provided out of their means for Jesus. Joanna is actually seen as a very wealthy person of this time. These women provided out of their means for Jesus. One commentator said this, Luke uniquely notes the practical support of Jesus' ministry by women and names three of who accompanied Jesus and the itinerant twelve. One of the names of our God is Jehovah Jireh. God, our provider. Jesus provides. I don't know when, I don't know where, but Jesus will provide because he is Jehovah Jireh. As we wait for things like provision, we live in the In between, it's kind of like a zone I like to think of it as, as a place of expectation and promise fulfilled. It's the in between. Maybe it's in between ruins and restoration. Maybe it's even waiting to see the beauty that will rise from any given situation. Why do we have this hope? Why do we even think that God's going to do something new? Because of his resurrection. That's why. Christ has redeemed us. How? Why? Because of his resurrection. That's how he's done it. Because he came. Because he rose, we are redeemed. He is our redeemer. Our redeemer truly lives. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. And then the worship team is going to lead us in a song. Final song. Let's pray. So God, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you are our provider. Jesus, continue to teach us, continue to speak to us, continue to minister through the words of Scripture today, O Lord. Lord, in some ways, your truths are heavy for us even to this day. It's hard for us to kind of put it all together and make sense of it. It's hard for us to understand why you'd be so good to every one of us. It's even hard to understand why the resurrection, why. But we know through your word that you love us. And you gave yourself up for every single one of us so that we could have life, eternity with you. That we could be filled with joy. That we could believe in hope and not just as a nice thing, but as a real thing. Because you've come to this earth. You are God in flesh. You're the God-man come in flesh to dwell among us. So, Father, I pray as we just spend a moment continuing to worship and lifting up these songs of praise... God, I pray that you would remind us that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You're Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Lord, I'm thinking of anyone in this place that may be facing some challenge, maybe some demons in their life they've maybe had forever or just you know, feel like this have kind of crept up. God, I pray that you would heal us from these things that come into our lives or that maybe were put into us a long time ago. God, I pray for deliverance today. And we know that we have new life because of you and your spirit. So would you be with us today? In Jesus' name.